A Ween Podcast with Shane and Rory. This will be part two of our favorite Ween live albums. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and do so now. Otherwise, we're going to go right back into part two. Enjoy. So we have one more left. Yes, indeed. Oh, man. Before we start getting into our picks, so we have one that one more that didn't make our top two or our two favorites. Yeah, if anyone out there is keeping track, then you, I guess, know which three are left. But uh, just so you know, we can kind of do this like a beauty pageant. So the three remaining are uh, All Requests Live, Live in Toronto, and Live at Stubbs. Hey everybody, how's it going? Your old pal here, August Forming, a.k.a. Fred Moore. Just wanted to let you know about a new show I am co-hosting with my old friend Pitts Quattrone called Birds, Bands, and Baloney. We talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles, we talk a lot about bands, and we talk a lot, a whole lot of baloney. Our pilot episode just premiered on 3721. Please check it out at my YouTube page at Freddington One. That's the number one, not the word. Also remember, Bill and Fred's Excellent Adventure every Sunday at 3 p.m. on the same YouTube channel and Facebook Live. And now, back to Shane and Rory and Weencast. I know, I love them too. The next one is not a finalist. And we're going to hit back up again. This might be controversial to some people. All requests live. Yeah, man. You know, first of all, I have to, I have to say the sound quality is, is brilliant. I mean, it's just, it, it sounds fucking great. Yes. I remember listening to this like as it happened. Of course, back in those days, dial up internet. So I remember it like was good for like, you know, five, maybe 10 minutes. And then it like dropped, dropping out, uh, just like <laughs> silence. Sucks. And then by the time it like came back on, it was like, nah, they're into like, you know, two, three songs later or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, so I, di- I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. That night that it was actually like broadcast live, but I, d- I heard some of it, so I can say that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but you know, this is a it doesn't feel like a live show. Yeah, it's not a. That's the thing. It's not a live show. Like it's just not right. It's a live album. It is a live album. It's not a live show. Right, right. It's it's kind of a little bit more of like queen like studio sessions or something like that it's you know like it's just them in that studio for that evening and it's cool because it's not how an album's produced you know an album is produced by layering in the effects and like the different instruments and all that you know yeah right so this is them all playing together as a five mm-hmm. piece in mm-hmm. a studio right right it, you know at least the godween satan one was in front of a live studio audience right like this is just done in a studio, but similar in the sense that, you know, it's it, it can appeal to the old school weenhead who loves the old school stuff because you got some pretty cool, rare songs like that are barely ever played live. You got them performed by the five piece band in a studio for your pleasure. Well, 
I feel like everything that they took requests for, and I can't exactly remember how they handled the requests, but, you know, I'm sure everyone just picked, like, the most obscure shit that they could possibly, you know, come up with. Polo Asada is, you know, Polo Asado uh, is definitely at the top of that list, I'm sure, and that's how that got, you know, thrown in there. Totally. Let me start off with a basket of chips. Then move on to the polio saro taco. I like two polio saro tacos with one beef chimichangas. On the chimichanga, I would like a side of sour cream. But you know what? They made it work, and it's a lot. It's really cool, and it's a lot of fun. And you know the old school, all of the stallions, demon sweat. That you whip like blood from a knife. I'm here. You know, so it does have a lot of really cool shit. And of course, the final track, Where'd the Cheese Go? <laughs> Which is just fucking great, you know, and just so much fun and ridiculous. Oh, yeah, the house. Where'd the cheese go? Where'd the cheese go at? I don't know. Bitch, get your ass over here. You know what I'm saying? I'm sleeping. I've been having a dream. It ends up being a really random collection of Ween songs. Right. Right. So that's kind of interesting. And and it does have all the stallions on there. It's, again, though, and I'm not saying this to be harsh or too critical or anything like that, but you can tell that it's from, like, the Quebec era because you have those new songs, which are, you know, at the time are the Quebec songs. I'm not trying to say anything negative about them, but it kind of, like, stamps it as, like, oh, this was, like, a Quebec thing. Yeah, well, when you, you know. think about, you got Happy Colored Marbles and Tried and True. And this is from the Quebec era. Like, this is released or recorded, you know, that, that live performance of it was just weeks before Quebec would be released. And then they actually released this, you know, just a few months later. And those two songs are from Quebec. But if you're thinking about a, um, you know, ooh, a fan-generated survey where you're talking about 16 songs, like, oh my God, what are the 16 songs that Ween fans are going to be like, I must hear live. You know, you get like a Polo Osado, <laughs> you get like Reggae Junkie Jew, but a fan's not going to be like, yes, give me that tried and true. I'm not saying that's not a great right. song, but right, that exactly. wouldn't make the list if this were like an all things being equal album. It's all good. I'm not trying to be overly critical either. Stay Forever is great. Where the Cheese Go. You know, Cold Blow Blows the Wind is pretty pretty classic. Although that is a lot just very similar to the album, ultimately. And I want to know, do you feel the same way? Because if you do, I want to stay forever. I never had but one choice. Slain. I'll do as much for my 
and that's a little bit sometimes with this, that's a little bit of my critique is that like, these are all kind of more so they're studioified versions of these. They're not really like live versions of these songs. They're like versions recorded live in a studio. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is fun. And I feel like, you know, you kind of get that when you're listening to it, that like they are having fun with it and just like, oh, these ridiculous like old songs and you know, whatnot. But it, it, you know, it, it doesn't have the same kind of feeling that you get from listening to like one of the live bootlegs and everything is just that in your face, fun, loud kind of thing. You know what I mean? This is, this is, um, you know, it's funny because I think I mentioned this in a recent podcast where this is kind of like art school ween, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Let's sit in the studio and record ourselves live. Yeah, hip cat. Let's do it, hip cat. You know, and <laughs> it, it's not it's not a raunchy live show. You know, it's actually it, when you think about it that way, it's very it fits very well into the Quebec era. I do have to hand it to him for just like the ingenuity of it. You know, I mean, that's the kind of especially back at that time. You know, like I said, you're not you're talking about you know the internet is still in its Ah, formative years, so to speak. I mean, this was from 2003, so it's, you know, it's getting, like, streaming is getting better, but it's certainly not what it is today. Dude, Ween was was definitely at the cutting edge of, like, audio technology, like, band technology online in the early 2000s. Absolutely. 100%. With Ween Radio. You know, they were, and... they were, right, they were trying, you know, fun things and new things and... You know, giving all of the fans out there all the tools and all of the permission to, you know, hey, do whatever. You know what I mean? And this is definitely one of those pieces. And the fact that they released it on the Choco Dog Records, I mean, come on. I mean, that's just, it's just so cool. I mean, it really is fun and it's cool just the fact that it exists. Totally. You know, and that they did it at all. You know, so it's it's really fucking cool. Yeah, dude. And, and this is another one that's from that couple years that I was talking about that's like, man, they were really putting a lot of stuff out. You know, they were really being productive both in the studio, but also like, you know, get getting her done, get her done like live, you know. <laughs> Make sure that yeah, man, that that they're put together these recordings. You know, the the uh, the live in Chicago performances were just performed. It's like a little bit before this, uh, all request mm-hmm. live was done. You know, and then Quebec is being released. So, so it's a really busy yep. time for the band. Yeah, man. And 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 it's and it's absolutely a great album. I mean, it's really cool. But yeah, I I, I definitely couldn't put this as my finalist as my top one because I just. I really crave a live album to be like the show and really put me in that um, concert venue as best as possible and make me feel like I'm actually there, you know? And, and, um, and so this is just too much of a different thing for me. Right. Right. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, so here we are. (laughs) So anyway, so there's two left. And uh, again, these are not really in any, either particular order. One of these is Shane's favorite, and one of these is my favorite. I'll go first, if I may, because, you know, obviously we're talking about, you know, live in Toronto and live at Stubbs. We've, we've gone with, and... Your favorite is... 
I'm gonna go with live in Toronto. Nice. I'm I'm going with live in Toronto, and you know, first of first and foremost, I feel a little bit like a hypocrite because in our album review episode, you now this is going back a few years, but I did not pick Golden Country Greats as one of my favorite albums. I did, by the way. Okay, I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> and yet here I am not choosing this as my favorite live album. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. But but I have to I have to say between live at live in Toronto and and live at Stubbs, it's almost like the other ones don't even compare. I mean, these are these are obviously in my opinion by far the best. Live in Toronto, you know, a couple of things that I'll start with sort of like the things that detract from it. It's only one disc, so it is not the entire concert from that night, okay? Yeah, it's like the best of from that night. So that's sort of like the first and foremost thing that kind of like will like throw me off. But it's from the country band tour, 1996. As a matter of fact, it's only a few nights before... Uh, the first Ween show that we ever saw, which was Philadelphia, 1996. Totally, totally. Which I just, I love. The sound quality is absolutely amazing. You know, it's not quite as good as, as Live at Stubbs or Live in Chicago, but it's definitely, the sound quality is definitely there. It's very, very listenable. You're not going to complain that it, like, sounds like shit or anything like that by any by any means, okay? I think that... um it really brings back fond memories for me. Like you said, it's really only a couple days before our first show. Right. And, you know, it, the copy of the um, the show that we've been to is not a very good tape. Right. So this is like a great, like it's it was nice to listen to this and sort of allow it to sort of substitute in for some of the remembrances of the night that we went to see them. Right. So like just listening to this, it's so great to have one whole disc of the country band's horror and just listen, you know, just listen to the whole thing. I I feel like it's the most fun. It has all of the factors sort of like working together and it has the country players. In my opinion, Paint the Town Brown, the best stuff on it is from the country tour anyway Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and this is a whole night of that this is a whole disc of that you know well dude it's definitely cool you know getting that country twang and and having the country band working with them and you're right there is a lot of like positive energy and they're clearly having fun right you know i i wish i really wish it was like the whole night or or at least more of it you know i mean they they played for over two hours i'm sure and the the album right, itself is right. barely over an hour. That's one of my like things. It's like, man, you could have given us the whole night. And I would also say, you know, not to be overly critical, but you can kind of feel like, I mean, yeah, they're having fun and all, but you can feel like they're not as in sync with this country band. And they're still feeling this out a little bit, like this experiment known as the country band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they did the album in the studio, but they're still feeling out this experience in front of a in front of an, uh, an audience. Well, I mean, actually, 
during the show and you know part of this recording Aaron even says you know they start the uh, the HIV song and they're like yeah we haven't really worked this out with the shit creek boys yet but you know it's all good and uh, the shit creek boys are just gonna pick it up in like five seconds anyway and they just do this really sort of like slow you know really uh, simple version of HIV song to kind of like get those guys into like okay this is like you know these are like the beats to it. This is how it goes. AIDS. And all of the stuff that's not from the country album is really what like stands out and dur- during this during this show and during, yeah. you know on this CD. I mean, the, the the country songs are amazing. The fact that Pretty Girl is the first one, I mean, I just I just love it. And it just gets me going and puts a smile on my face, like, immediately. A Japanese cowboy going into Chariots of Fire. Oh, yeah, right. Like, shit like that. the stuff that's not from the country record what Diener was talking about pumping for the man mm-hmm. you know I mean I don't want to just list all of them but Push the little daisies. I mean, they're they're all just so great, and they have you know like the table guitar, the steel guitar in them and stuff. And Aaron introduces all of like the country guys, Bobby and Stu, and I don't remember all their names off the top of my head, but I mean, it's just so much fun, you know. It is a lot of fun. No, you're right, and uh, it's funny even after um, what Diener's talking about. Aaron is like, oh, that was really good. You know, like sort of um, like really was into the way it was sounding as like a country song. Yeah. It's really neat because that was like a, uh, you know, not of course for us, it was like the first show. And so that was an early time period for us, but, but not just for us, for, for all ween. Like, again, that's kind of a little bit before that five piece band, a little bit before the ween that everyone recognizes mm-hmm. a little bit more of a lost mm-hmm. era type thing going on there. Yeah, man. You know, and, and, and I would say another thing that, you know, again, doesn't, I'm not trying to be overly critical, but like the piano man's on there and they don't even finish the, they, they don't even finish the song. They like butcher it and screw it up halfway through and they like stop singing it, but they include it, <laughs> but they include it on the album. So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, on the one hand, that's like a sense of like the fun that's happening, but also it's kind of like, get it together, guys. <laughs> Right, right, right. Well, it se- it seems to me like it wasn't something that they they meant to do in the first place, and it just kind of happened. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like Chariots of Fire, like the the country band, I think, picked up on the fact that it was basically like the same chord progression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I, I think, yeah. I imagine, you know, it's funny. I I assume that this is one of those nights where they didn't, like, plan on releasing this later. And they, you know, uh, they just had their recording of it or, you know, some somehow a decent quality recording of it was made and they, you know, they came about it. Because it doesn't feel... Like it's like up oh, live album happening tonight. Oh, totally. It's, it's like the furthest thing from. Totally, dude. Yeah, you no. Know? This is before that point in their maturation of a band. Like, I don't think they were taking it as seriously. I don't think they were thinking of it in those terms. You know, it's when they become a five piece band and they start like playing the the venues start to get a little bit bigger. They start to become like a rock and roll band. You know, and um. And and right. so this isn't like really the consideration. I think you're right. Like I think it it was probably just like, oh yeah, we happen to have a decent quality recording of this. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And this would be before Fred Moore got involved with recording them every night, so that wouldn't have been him. <laughs> well, and should we go to our uh our last pick? Yeah, so well everyone if they're keeping track at home knows already, but anyway, drum roll. And it's live at Stubbs. Yeah, man. To that release, two thousand two, uh, from a sh- from two nights in July of two thousand at uh, Stubbs Barbecue in Texas, in Austin, Texas. Yeah, man. So you picked this as as your favorite. Yes, I picked this as my favorite because I just think, man, it hits all the high points as best as possible. From from all of these live albums, I, I know that I like to see, I love it when it's just one night and it's like the performance as is, warts and all, like especially if I've been there, it's even better. But this is still like the closest you kind of come to that feeling of all the longer live albums from this collection. Because right, like God Ween Satan live is from one night. All requests live is one recording. Like there are some that kind of meet that definition, mm-hmm. but aren't like full shows. You know, like like a Ween classic show is two and a half to three plus hours long, right? And so this, right. so it's taken from the two nights, similar to live in Chicago, but mm-hmm. the, it's just it's it's more like a, a browner kind of more hardcore like era of Ween in my mind than what you get with uh, Live in Chicago later with the Quebec era. Right. This is like where the five-piece band is still cutting its teeth and really becoming, you know, like 2000, dude. I mean, this is July 7th, July 8th of 2000. We see them April 20th, 2000 at Rutgers, which uh, we both laud as... Probably the best show either of us have seen live. Right. And then we also see them just a few weeks before this at in Philly at the Electric Factory. Mm-hmm. And then we also see them just a few weeks after this in Pittsburgh at the Metropole. So, right. right. And so that's another thing for me is like I really have a strong connection to the primacy of this era. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a little bit hard because I kind of like see this as obviously the best one. When I'm when I'm looking at the list of live albums 
you know, it's like, well, live at Stubbs because, you know, first and foremost, there's there's so much more of it. You know what I mean? There's three discs, and you're right. It's from that sort of, like, golden time period of us going to see them, and as much so because 99% of the live bootlegs from that time period that, like, I was getting... This was pretty much how it was laid out. It was three, you know, you got three CDs and usually disc three was like, you know, the encore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like when you look at like how this is packaged and like presented, it is almost like one full night. It was like, this is pretty much like how much they would play in like one evening. This really gives you the feel of an opener. They have an opener at the beginning, you know, like it really like, feels like it's a show right it feels the most like it's one complete show especially from that time period of the five of them and yeah from that sort of you know golden era what we I mean what can you say between like 98 to 2000 2001 you well, know? yeah, because 2001, the Glenn hiatus, and then 2002, mm-hmm. Claude's accident, and then so on and so forth. Right. And, and, and you know, I really like that. It feels like, and we were, I was actually asking you this question before we started recording, but we were wondering if they planned to have this be a live show when they played those two nights. And I feel like they did. But what I love about this is you can feel the sensibility that changes between 2000 and then Quebec in 2003 this is like still got a lot of really brown old school stuff on it sketches of Winkle you know Captain Fantasy mm-hmm. yep yep so take a bit to go down beneath the reaches of sound you can hear it me Captain Fantasy And then also, oh man, it's just got so, A Tear for Eddie, Ice Castles, it's got Wayne's Pet Youngin', yep. Yep. Sorry Charlie, which was in heavy rotation at that time, um, but an excellent rendition. I mean, there's so many great songs on here, Homo Rainbow, but then you also get Put the Coke yep. on My Dick. And Hot for Teacher. Yeah, it's really all over the place. And they don't shy away from booze me up and get me high. They don't shy away from being being like hardcore ween. And then another thing that I really like about it is, you know, LMLYP, like you mentioned, is the whole disc three. Just like it would be like a 36 minute long, um, you know, encore for the show. Like, obviously, that was from one of the nights at Stubbs. And this was like, you know, the last show of the night yeah. or whatever. So. Uh, it gives you that feel of it. But then also, like, we were comparing it with, like, Paint the Town Brown. Paint the Town Brown has Poop Ship Destroyer on there, and it's, like, a 20-plus-minute version. And it's cool and all. But let's be real here. Like, 
no one's really listening to that poop ship to be like, oh man, like I'm really gonna, you know, like light the candles and like just zone out to this song. You know, it's like, it's poop ship. <laughs> but this is actually like a really good version of LMLYP. Like this is actually great. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, on fire, dude. On fire. So that's that's the thing, dude. And then they got Big Jim. They got Little Birdie. The, this, this time period, I feel like there's still a lot more like older ween being played because you still don't have Quebec songs in the, or La Cucaracha like in the mix yet. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the set list is just, you know, they're the song selection list or whatever you want to call it. It's just incredible. I mean, you got all of sort of like the standard, like favorites, you know, voodoo lady, Buckingham green back to Basem. I know that's a little bit more, uh, of like a, a fan favorite, but Ocean Man, exactly where I'm at. So you got those like white pepper tunes, but you're right. It has like so many of those like older songs that, you know, if you're like a real hardcore fan, you're like, oh shit. All right. They're getting that in there. Fat Lenny. Marble Tulip Juicy you Tree. Know, right. Sketches of Winkle, like you said. Sketches of Winkle, Captain Fantasy Disc Two is just like fucking amazing. Um, Little Birdie, Big Jim, Squelch the Weasel, Sorry Charlie. I'm just naming everything now, but it's just, <laughs> I, I just can't help it. What Wayne's Pet Youngin? You know, it's just, it's got, it's got so much like brown shit and stuff for, you know, the real hardcore fan as well. It hits everything. It hits everything. I mean, like I said, it's got, it's got an eight minute tear for Eddie. I mean, that's it's amazing. It's, it's great. Amazing. Like it really does make you feel like this is a live show, and it feels just more like they like let loose with live in Chicago. I get the feeling like everyone be on your best behavior. On this one, I get the feeling that they're like they knew they were gonna like record it for a for a, a live album, but I feel like they went into it being like, all right, fucking kick the tires, light the fires, you know, like. <laughs> and maybe I got that wrong, but that's just the feeling I get from listening to this versus live in Chicago. That this is much more like, dude, let's fucking do this. And then that one, Chicago's more like, all right, guys, let's everyone just do the best you can and like make this a really nice performance. And this is more just like, let's just be fucking ween. Yeah, dude. You know, and, and I'm and I'm comparing it a lot to live in Chicago because they're very similar in the sense that Live in Chicago also attempts to present it almost like a quasi like single night performance, but this does a better job of doing that. Totally, dude. And and totally. and Paint the Town Brown is another one that is similar to this in format, 
But again, that's from eight different years, like stuff scattered all over the place. And then also, as I mentioned, like the poop ship on there. Oh, that's a cool artifact from 1994 or whatever year that was. But the LMLIP on this is would, would be something where I'm like, dude, you got to listen to this. Yeah, man. As I had mentioned in the beginning of the show, and we'll sort of like wrap things up. I, I, I just do, I don't see why they don't do something with this again. You know, it's a terrible shame that Live in Toronto was sort of like forgotten about like CD wise and then brought back to life on vinyl. This was a little bit, I think there was more copies of this made on CD, but ever since it's been sort of like lost. You know what I mean? Put out the fucking vinyl. Put out, you know, there was a bootleg made of it in two different parts, part one and part two. Can't say what the sound quality is like because I've never heard it. I'm not going to knock it and say like, oh, it obviously sounds like shit because I've never heard it in person before. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's like, man, put out the fucking vinyl box set of Live at Stubbs. You know, yeah, dude. it's already, Make it happen. It's, uh, it's already ready. It's already there. It's already done. You know what I mean? With a digital download card included, guess what? We're all going to fucking get it. We're all going to buy it. You know what I mean? I am going to pre-order that motherfucker immediately. All right, Shane. You know? Just hold on and one it's... second. Hold on. Mickey, Mickey, I want to speak right to you, Mickey. Mickey, <laughs> make this happen. Re-release. I mean, I know you... Re-release. Live at Stubbs. Vinyl. Well... <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, hey, Shinola Volume 2, where is it? We want the new Shinola. Okay, that I could see as being a little bit more like, then you have to decide like what goes on it. Obviously, there's tons of B-sides to choose from, but they all have to be like good enough sounding to make it onto like a record and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. But with something like this, it's already made. You know what I mean? It's already done. We want it. You know, give it to the people. What I would like to see is have them start doing like a bootleg series where they literally are just curating entire live shows and finding like the best of. Oh, oh my God. You know, we always talk about like, oh, what's our, our all time favorite show that we've been to, right? All uh, people out there, you know, and, and obviously you know, the band and the people who work with the band, you know, their managers and their roadies, all those people, they've been to all those shows, you know, like a Fred Moore, like there's people that are in a position to be able to say, Hey dude, this in particular is a really fucking good show. Yeah, man. And then I would like to marry that with finding high quality versions of the song, like pick, okay, what shows do they have good quality of? And then start putting some of that out, dude, because that's the lust that I have is, I just love feeling like I'm at the show. And so give me, and, and I know from my own experience, having been to dozens and dozens of dozens of ween shows, you do get like great nights that are just like, man, they were hitting on all cylinders. Like everything is great. You know, I can think Fuck of yeah. several, several shows that we've been to that I would absolutely purchase if it was repackaged as like a nice live album. Fuck yeah, dude. Absolutely. And and then, you know what? And there's a lot of bands who have done it. You know what I mean? And I know there's a ton of ween heads who would love, absolutely love it. Yeah, dude. We just want to make you guys more money. You know, Mickey, Aaron, and everyone else. <laughs> we just want we just want to make you more money. Put out a little bit of this stuff, man. Throw a dog a bone. 
<laughs> Throw Fluffy a bone. Well, what do you think? Do you have anything else you want to say? I think that about does it, dude. You know, it's um, there, there, there's a lot of great variety in the live albums. You know, so certainly trying to, you know, we didn't even try to rank them. We were just kind of like, which is our favorite? And then just have the other ones kind of not even bother to rank them. You know, like it's hard to, it's really hard to do that when they all just have have great qualities about them. They all have like some weaknesses. Honestly, I think Stubbs is the one with the least number of weaknesses. But, you know, mm-hmm. all the other ones for sure all have their strengths and weaknesses. But they all they come from different periods of Ween. And so they all present you with a different side of the band. Yeah, man. I mean, it's very true, you know, and I never really sort of thought about it in that way, but when you're looking at all of the live albums, they are a lot like the studio albums in that each one is very unique in and of itself, and each one has its own sort of, like, feel and, you know, purpose, so to speak. Totally. You know, you have that, you know, At the Cat's Cradle is like the, you know, sort of like the first example of the time period, you know, and then, you know, you start getting into like the Paint the Town Brown because that's sort of like that like era and then, you know what I mean? So each one does sort of like represent a different like era, like you said, and they're all, they're all so different, just like all of the actual Ween studio albums. Yeah, dude, you know, and I encourage, I hope, I hope that, uh, anyone listening to this podcast, you know, that you get inspired to go back and listen to all these over the next week, you know, and, uh, and let us know what you think. What was your favorite? What's your favorite live album, you know, and, and get inspired and go back and listen to them all and, and really appreciate how they all are just these different parts of ween. Yeah, man. Ween is like a trivial pursuit token, you know, and each of those pie pieces you slide (laughs) in there is slightly different shade of um you know like a pastel color you know yeah man that's beautiful (laughs) well i haven't done this in a while but you know what hit us up on facebook hit us up on twitter we'd love to hear your favorite live ween album subscribe to us on youtube for crying out loud anybody that's listening to this give us a like give us a follow give us a subscribe you know yeah up. Yeah, hook love us to up. hear what you have to say. Hook us up, give give us some love or not. Check us out on Patreon. <laughs> uh, we're putting new new uh, shit up there all the time, so check us out. Hit us up on Patreon. We'd love to have you. And uh, yeah, peace and love, everybody. I, I I think that's all I got for the night, Shane. I'm feeling good. Absolutely. Thank you so much, anybody that's listening to this. We love you. Yeah, everyone. Uh, thank you, and uh, have a great evening. And we'll uh, catch you next time. Peace. We out. Welcome back, my friends, to the zine that never ends. It's Don't Get Too Close to My Fanzine, issue six. This issue, we've got amazing work. From comics, to art, to articles, to cats, and even an article from your very special heroes, Rory and Shane. You know it. Don't Get Too Close to My Fanzine is over 60 pages of ween content. You know you love content. Check out theweenzine.com for pre-order information. Should be coming at the beginning of March. Don't get too close to my fanzine. is the world's only zine about ween. And it's only available to every single person in the world. Theweenzine.com, babies.